Welcome to the Jesus Said Love podcast. This is a space where we talk about what it means to awaken hope and empower change. Listen, for over a decade, Em and I have been fostering relationships with men and women who've been impacted by the commercial sex industry. And it's through those relationships that Jesus Said Love was born. We figured it was time to talk about what this ministry has taught us and is still teaching us along the way. I promise it's going to be a place of conversation and story. And we hope you learn something new. Maybe you see something in a new way. Fun fact, you're going to hear music because Brett and I are musicians. Yep. We can't just talk. Nope. we got to sing and play too. We do. Here's the deal, guys. Our hope is that as you hear these stories, that you'll tap into your own story and that you'll be encouraged to live and love well like Jesus. Hi, guys. Welcome back to the Jesus Said Love podcast. This is episode four. We are so excited you're here and super stoked that you guys get to meet some of our long-term family, friends like family, family friends who have been with us on this journey for 15, 16 years now. Yeah, um, you just used a lot of family, family, friends, F-words in that. That's a lot. Mm, dropping the F-bombs already. Way to go, Watch man. out. So our friends, the Union Revival, Aaron and Amanda Konzelman are here with us. Woohoo! Hello. Yeah, glad to be here. So we affectionately call them Orner and Mandy. Yeah. Not to be used by the general public. No, 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 no. no, those, no, are, no those are no. just for private gatherings. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and we have been leading worship... Um, doing life together, raising babies together, um, singing, songwriting, philosophizing, community group, moves all over the state um, together. Well, we and didn't move all over the state. They moved they all moved. over the state. Oh, yeah, so many you guys have How many been moves in your marriage? 11, 11 moves in six years. 11 was where I last stopped counting. Many, many, many moves. Yeah. <laughs> But what we really want to talk about on this episode is how music has been so formative in our journey and why it's still a part of our process today through the work of Jesus Said Love. Um, so with that being said, welcome to the show, The Union Revival. Thanks so much for having us. We're so excited you're here. I want to use a radio voice yes. all of a sudden. Right. Mandy, I think your voice would be the best Disney princess. I'm so honored by that. Like, I feel like it's so pure and it's so Aurora or I don't know. Yeah. I just think you should be a Disney princess. Oh, Ariel was like my favorite. Yes. I've been told that my voice is any guy in a movie who yells, hey, kids, get off my grass. <laughs> yeah. So it's that's a, the only thing my voice It's a nice combo of whiskey and whiskey cigar. and cigar and just, yeah. <laughs> With a lot of hair. Yeah. There's a lot of hair. Yeah, a lot of hair, whiskey, cigar, you know, some regrets and bad life choices and <laughs> yes. all kind of come through the vocal cords. They do. Yeah. And you're going to get to hear this vocal intonation a little bit later as we sing and play together. But I want to back up and you guys have some interesting, just to give our listeners a context for your um, intro really into music, Mandy. You were singing in like VFW halls with your dad. Yeah, I was like learning how to two-step when I was six. Yes. Dance halls and bars with cages on the stage. Oh my gosh. Like that. My dad was a country singer. And so that's how I grew up, learning how to sing harmony. And wow. Country roots go way deep. Yeah. And favorite country song? Oh, you any, can only pick one. Anything by George Strait. Probably The Chair. Mm. Oh, or Willie Nelson. Yeah. Angels. 
Wanted to oh, close to the ground. Probably. Love that one. And your dad actually does Willie impersonations. He does. Wigs and all. Wigs and all, guys. <laughs> He's still on the road. Yeah, he is. Um, and then, Aaron, you you literally have pictures. I think we recently uncovered a family video where you were like, I mean, four, like fiddling around on the guitar. <laughs> yes. Yeah, because everybody in my family was musicians yeah. and had done contemporary Christian music and worship music for a long, long, long time. And so I, I literally grew up in a house with, you know, in Texas, you have guns on the wall. Ours yeah. was mandolins and banjos wow. and guitars and things like that. And so, yeah, since I was a little bitty kid, was leading worship with my parents and traveling and then doing um, just bands and bars and coffee shops and stuff as a teenager. And so how did you guys meet? We met at MCC, the college here in Waco, and doing music class. She came walking into one of our classes. Mm. I didn't know this, but we had a mutual friend who was trying to set us up. Okay. And so she brought Amanda into the class, and I was leading the class, that band, at one point. And so... I was like, ooh, who's that cutie with the guitar? <laughs> now, at this point, right, because he didn't have the facial hair. No. No. <laughs> both of you, both Brett and Aaron have, through this journey, acquired so much facial hair. We, okay. we, we don't know, like, it's part of the expression and experience. But at that point, yes. you were just green, like... I think as the soul grows deep, so does the facial hair grow long. There you go, okay. And, and it's just a representation of that. But yeah, at that point, I, I was just, I had been doing music with bands and stuff for about five or six years, and... She came in, and we met, and then we didn't see each other for a few months, especially the semester, mm -hmm. and then we ran into each other again the next semester, mm. and that was when um, I saw her walk into the music building and said to myself, I'm going to marry this girl, and <laughs> so then I started trying to figure out how to do that for basically the next year. Right, and I remember Mandy saying that first date was just so intense. Oh, so intense. The intensity. He basically proposed. <laughs> Which, which I could lying. so I could so validate that because I remember the first time I met Aaron, I actually was his disciple. Yes. Now it was a we were doing a college yes. disciple right. now, and I was I was your facilitator, yes. which was weird. And I remember I remember Orner being this. F f he didn't have any facial hair. He, I think he had tips. Like yes. he had the black tips. I had tips. a youth pastor haircut. You did. Back to Christian, yes. yeah. And you carried your guitar around everywhere you went. Yes. And it's like all oh the God. girls in the group were swooning. And I'm like, what is this kid <laughs> even doing? I mean, this is disgusting. Put your guitar away. Were you kind of jealous? I was oh, jealous at all. I play the freaking fire! piano. I play the piano. I don't yeah, care yeah. about guitar players. <laughs> oh, my gosh. But it was just like, hey, bro, it's, this is not the you commercial right now, so put it away. Now we both know that Brett and Aaron are both Enneagram 8s. Yes. So yes. that's a, little, a lot of muchness we were going, going on. We were going toe-to-toe, -to -toe, <laughs> I think, is what was happening. Already. Yeah, something like that. So, so when we met you guys around that time, so that's Brett's first introduction. But then when I was pregnant with Hattie, we moved into our um, North Waco neighborhood, and the church down the street was Highland Baptist yep. Church. We started attending there, and very soon they decided they were going to start the Saturday night service for people who kind of wanted a smaller, more intimate, not the Sunday morning entertainment, I guess, experience, bigger experience. And so we loved that idea. We really um, were excited about it. So we started leading worship. Aaron, I think you were working for Highland at the time. Yeah, and you I was were doing sound. Running almost. sound. Yeah. Yeah. And Amanda was up in the balcony in the sound booth with you and her Khaki jacket. Khaki, yes. Khaki. khaki pants. The Gap ad commercial all the time. The denim queen. 
She, yes. You are, yeah. Yes. You As are, a matter of fact, you're still wearing denim you at are. this moment. Denim jackets are in. Classic. <laughs> holes in my jacket. And they're classic. Yeah. Denim's classic. Yeah. But you've you've moved on since the khaki days. But yeah. you guys were so in love. And then um, and then we learned, like, Brett was like, hey, I think he plays guitar. And so, and then you were like, well, hey, Mandy sings. So you guys started joining us, and we developed a band relationship. Well, like, and at first, my, in my need to be against, I mm. was like, there's no way they both sing together. Oh, my gosh. How and cliche then, was that? Thing? Right. And then we heard them, and we were smitten mm. with... We were like, y'all, mm-hmm, yeah, uh, those voices. We can't wait for y'all to hear them. We're going to try not to drag this out so we can get to some some tunes. But so off we go. And we're doing Saturday nights, and we're playing together, and we're making yeah. music, and we're yeah. leading together, and we're singing, and we're yeah. laughing. And then we go. You're, you go on the road with us. I mean, I think Youth camps, if I look back babies. over the timeline of our road mm-hmm. work, um, you're one of our longest guitar players, longest serving yeah. guitar players. Everybody <laughs> typically leaves us to go do bigger better and better things. things. I mean, <laughs> I don't know how that works. We're still stuck here and everyone else is off doing. Well, they left a few times, but we just kept asking them to come back. We we're like, please. Come do help. you remember your first experience on the road with us? I do remember my first experience. I came to, I think, a weekend in Oklahoma and it was like a D-Now weekend mm-hmm. and I came on the road and I think... Uh, we drove for like 12 hours. Well, <laughs> I feel like it was a 12-hour trip, which shouldn't have taken 12 <laughs> hours to get to Oklahoma, but it was a long time. Yeah, and I remember going and doing the weekend and uh, lots of shenanigans lots on the road with our band members and um, lots of really crazy, just crazy youth pastor videos and, and yeah. uh, you know. Well, my first, my first memory of y'all being on the road with us, I, I think as a couple, we were doing this little bitty deal somewhere, and I, the vehicle we had at the time had a VCR in it. Yes, you remember yeah, that? I remember that. And it had like an entertainment center, and so I cannot even believe you're going the there. Drum, I've got to tell yes, the story because the drummer it, who it. was with us I at knew. the time, uh, I won't say his name, but he was with us at this time, and he kind of helped keep us in shenanigan mode. And he 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 brought so much. Like mm. beyond what pop pop culture called yeah. cool, it oh, was yeah. like, yeah, he was yeah. And, and I so was nursing he, babies. In the you back. were nursing. I just our bass player was was Julie. Yeah, it was a girl. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, which yeah. that was right. really cutting edge at the time, to have right? Because girls didn't play bass back then. Way ahead of your time. And so he thought it'd be a great idea for us to watch the movie Old School. It had just come out and it was on VCR. Oh my and I didn't know gosh. anything about it, and I loved Will Ferrell. And uh-huh. So we we tracked all over this Breckenridge, Texas. We tracked all over Breckenridge, <laughs> Texas, to find the VCR version of Old School at Walmart. And we found it, and we're like, okay, on the trip home, we're gonna watch Old School. And and we pop it in, and whoa. y'all were newlyweds. And, and Mandy had probably never seen above a PG thirteen movie at right. that point. That's like, not true. Newlywed. <laughs> wow. Brand new. Wow. And I just remember at one disgusting. point hearing Emily say, "Turn it off. Turn it." I thought I was like, <coughs> I went into like cold sweat. Yeah. Was it crying? That's yeah, it. it was a it was, was a like low moment. Time. It was a low moment in leadership. Yeah, on so. my I got a talking to I think and. Yeah. It was, it was just, you know, we just, we're living and learning. We're making a lot of mistakes as we go along and yeah, it was a low for sure. Lots of amends to be made for all of that. So our context of getting to know one another was really in the context of church music, worship music. Um, We're doing all these camps. I mean, one summer we spent like, I don't know, six weeks together with toddlers cramped in 
bad oh rooms God. with terrible ACs that were moldy and sneezing and allergies. And, um, and so we're doing all of that simultaneously, kind of this move of Jesus said love develops. And for us, there began to be kind of this growing tension between like the context that we were in with youth camps and the evangelical world of like, you know, um, I don't know. It just, it, it felt very discombobulated yeah. for what we were uncovering in the clubs yep. and the kind of life that was literally happening all around us and the kinds of injustices that were happening all around us, but the church wasn't really paying attention. Yeah. And so our music kind of went from some of these worship context songs and then jumped to giving voice to the voiceless. So we're just going to kind of play around, give you context for where we started. You want to say something? No, I don't. I'm just, I'm, you're giving me that eye. I'm just, yeah. I'm waiting to see where you, hey, people, listen, this thing is not scripted we don't script at all. <laughs> no. I mean, we, we're truly flowing in the moment we are. here. Yeah. So, just... so to back it up a little bit, um, I remember Intimacy was one of the first songs that you wrote, Brett. It's like one of the only songs I've ever written. That's true. And it was at a camp, and it was like in this response time. It just time, came it to just you. just kind of came, and the guy was preaching, and I just got these words, and mm. I, it felt very vulnerable, I'm going to be honest. Sure. And we did it in that response time, and everybody was like, oh, my yeah. gosh. Yeah. And so that was like one yeah. of our very first songs. One of the things I do love about worship music and that I continually tether to because because worship Singing worship is um, still a way that I choose to offload a lot of the burden that we carry. And I think there's even just models of that through the Psalms. And this song actually came out of the Psalms of wanting to know Jesus. Apart from you, I have nothing good. And yeah. um, and so it's still so relevant to me even even today. You know what's even funny about this song? So we recorded it twice. Mm. And the first time we recorded it, I thought it would be so cool to model it after. Do you remember? <laughs> oh. Yes. Good old Hornsby. Oh, no, Bruce Springsteen. Yeah. Secret Garden, right? She'll let you in. Yeah, she'll let you <laughs> She'll let you in. it? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Secret Garden. <laughs> You had me at a low bread. <laughs> what movie was that from? Jerry Maguire. Jerry Maguire. Sorry, I've I didn't hear you say it. Show me the mummy. Yeah, show me the mummy. You lead us down. You want me to sing it? Yeah. I think it, okay. Sing it I've done this in a while. I know. Intimacy. I want to know you, Jesus, intimately. You are my refuge, Abba. I want to know you, Jesus, into my knees. 
that's that song, right? And so we did it, and we were doing it all over the place, and then we thought, it's too simple. Like, that's yeah. it. Surely like, that's all it says, it just over and over. <laughs> over. And the funny thing is, is that's one of those songs that can like, go on for eight minutes. You know? There's no like, way to get out of it. Really no, no, no. land Once you start the plane going. already. Just you do a hollow, whole service on that one song. Just hallelujah yeah. until you vomit. Yeah. I mean, it's just over constant. <laughs> We get it, we get it, we get it. And you build it up, and you bring it back down, and you say some real spiritual things, and then you build it up again. And I mean, just tears, and people are just loving it. Oh, my gosh. And so then we're at some event. I can't remember where we're at, because it's been a while. I know, it's so gross. And we're thinking, we need to add something to it. And so do you remember? Yes. you, you You tell the story. Yes, so I remember thinking we needed to add a bridge to kind of break it up a little bit. And so we... Began trying, uh, I was looking through Psalm 119, which is like the longest psalm there is. Mm-hmm. And um, and so began kind of writing about turning our heart toward Jesus, turning away from worthless things. And and so I said to Brett, we started, we got in a fight. Oh, it wasn't It just, was like it horrible. Was, we're going to the court. I mean, you stormed. <laughs> we're in this chapel. Papers are coming. I mean, we were in this chapel up by the grand piano writing, and you got I don't know so this story. mad. I got so you mad. You stormed off. You stormed oh out and slammed the door. Well, because I felt like you were saying it wasn't good. And so I was mortified. And I was like, it is is good, you know, and it can work. And you were like, it doesn't work here. It doesn't need anything. This is pushing too hard for something that doesn't need to be here. And I was like, you're wrong. Now, to be fair, we were kind of new in our marriage. And, oh, totally. And I don't even think Hattie had been born yet, had no, she? Yeah. yeah, babe, no. I no, mean, This we is were, early, pre-2003. I mean. Pre-JSL. You, that, I think this is the first time I thought, who did I marry? I've yeah, never right. seen her like this. Claws came just, out. <laughs> Storming you got off, it all. calling names. I mean, we're it. writing worship songs oh here, and she's pissed. Right. Yeah. I mean, oh I ain't holding back for Jesus, man. <laughs> I'm going to fight for him. But, but, but what came out of that came was out of this it. really cool hymn. We, we put ourselves in timeout, Brett. We did. And we had our own timeouts, yeah, we and we our, went to our journals. We've done that so many times. And came back and said, let's regroup. Yeah. And we came up with this um, song called Turn My Heart. <laughs> I hadn't played this in a while. Structure. Love it, love it, love it. Yeah, it could be. It's country. It's country. country. Yeah, well, you remember that when we folky. recorded it, 
I had some mm. fiddle on it from Violin. the great Elizabeth Davis. Elizabeth Davis. Oh. Who's now a Broadway actress, oh, Elizabeth yes. Davis, in that New York City. magical in the studio when she did that. Yes, and you guys, you can still, f- I think, find that on a <laughs> album oh, that's the, terrible, but the song is good. But the album is called Ready to Dance. Let's oh. not talk about oh, that yeah. song. Um, super cheesy. Just, you know, it's all part of the artist experience. Oh, yeah. It's part of the story, we, part right. of the journey. And, and I remember when you asked us to come down to sing on it, the, yes. the deal was... Can you guys come to Houston, sing on these songs, and I will pay you with a great Papa Papa Do's meal. Totally. And so yes, and we went right. and ate Papa Do's and hung out, and then we went and spent that whole time down in the studio. And yeah, that was mm-hmm. awesome. Yeah. I mean, I remember doing Early that. Early days. First, yeah. We were very pregnant. I was very pregnant yeah. when we yep. first started recording, and then we had to go back and do retakes yes. when Hattie yep. was oh, two yes. weeks old. Yep. I remember having contractions during that album, because... You don't mm. think about it, but when you're singing, you're using your diaphragm and your abs so much. Mm-hmm. And I wasn't drinking enough water, even though I was sitting all day. It was like, <laughs> <laughs> you're like I can't breathe. I, I like, can't find my lungs. <gasps> there must be a child in there. That's right. And you did a couple of songs that really required a lot of dig deep here. Oh, like, yeah. we're ready to dance. Oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Well, yeah. That's that's part of the journey, right? So, so I think what's interesting is is that those songs are yeah. all happening before pre, yeah. Jesus said love, mm-hmm. yeah. and so we we found a place in, you know, we're doing all these events and we're singing church songs to church kids, and I think you and I both were like, okay, we've mm-hmm. smoke and lights and green rooms and this and contracts and this that and the other. There's got to be more to this and everything that Jesus did than just this. And so we started praying that prayer. Mm -hmm. God help us put some feet on the songs that we're singing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So in 2007, I remember meeting uh, a woman named Kathleen for the very first time. And um, she and I just had an immediate connection. And she asked me, do you... I mean, she approached me pretty Mm -hmm. aggressively when she saw my shirt. And I thought... She's coming to like take me out. She's she's not happy I'm here. You know, I always kind of feared in the early days. You're in that. the club. I'm in, yeah, the club. in the club. I'm in the club. So we walk in the door on Easter, Good Friday, and I meet Kathleen and she comes toward me. She didn't go by Kathleen at that time. She had her stage name and um she just locked eyes with me and she just said, You know Jesus? And I was like, Oh yes, yes, I do. <laughs> <laughs> like, you're not going to hit me, I don't think. It's safe. And she said, you know, I've been in this industry for 27 years. And every night before I take the stage, I hit my knees and ask him for a way out. Mm. And you have his name on your shirt. I'm thinking maybe you know. Mm. And I just, there's no track for that. There's mm. no, I mean, this is just, this is real life. And yeah. Kathleen had one of those experiences that when she left the club, all she had known for so long, it, it it's a grief because you're, even though it may have been dysfunctional and abusive in so many ways, it is your home. Mm-hmm. You're leaving a, ha- a homeland, yeah. like no matter how bad it is. And I visit, she had a surgery kind of soon after she left. And I said, well, can I come visit you? And she goes, nobody's ever visited me in the hospital. And I was like, really? And yeah, and I said, okay, I'll come. And I visited her. She told me her entire life story because that night in the club, there was noise and no way to really know who she was or where she'd been. And <clears throat> so she just proceeded to tell me that her, um, you know, she'd been severely abused by her family. Um, 
you know, she had had an abortion at, or she had multiple abortions, one that ended at 17 with a complete and total hysterectomy because it had gone bad, and uh, which left her dreams of becoming a mom um, just crashed and burned. And so, so much shame, so much, um, really the industry felt safer to her than her own family did. And I remember leaving the hospital room and sitting out in the hospital parking lot and just bawling my eyes out because I had no idea that this was the kind of suffering we were going to be engaged with. And I had to make space for it. And the only thing I knew to do was sing. And so I just wrote her story in a song and it became, um, it became Kathleen's song. And yeah, so we're going to sing, I think a little bit of that. God love Kathleen, forgotten little angel girl, ready to leave this world before your time. God love Kathleen, hold on to your faith, it's all you've got now, wait till Jesus comes, Kathleen. said if you die do you know where you'll go well heaven sounded better than hell so she said sure but when she got home there was nothing waiting for her so she drug her faith around to see how strong it was and God loved old no man it's just her it's story you know story is so powerful which i I remember when you um speaking of story i remember when when you first met kathleen and and that transition was happening from pre-jsl just going into the clubs kind of Mm -hmm. once a year on easter and doing this this thing and it was very organized kind of church outreach to use that word yeah but i remember during that transition period like when you met kathleen and when it kind of turned into began to become jsl i remember thinking in my mind there was this we thought in those years before that we were going to bring church Mm, to these people but the reality was is what happened once we got there was we realized that we were going 
to have church totally with these people because it because we were going where Jesus already already was, was. and so whenever <laughs> yeah. whenever we stopped bring when we stopped bringing our method and yeah. our thing and our organized little thing to them mm-hmm. and we just said we as God's people are going to go show up where He is yeah then church happened and it right. became this whole different thing totally you know we and it's like I remember stopping. We stopped bringing kind of our system yeah. onto them. We were right. just like, we're just going to go where he is with these people. Yeah. And then it, it became this whole other thing when Kathleen, you totally. met her. Totally. Like, oh, oh well, God. and then even, you know, if you guys listened to Summer's episode, but, you know, Kathleen was part of our life group. Yeah. Kathleen really began to be intertwined yeah. with so much of my, even my kids' lives. And, and yeah, it was just, it was life was happening. We yeah. were joining God with where God was already right. moving. Women in the club already knew Oh, yeah. Who Jesus was? That was that was probably one of the most theological twist of oh. it all. Oh, absolutely. Was like, wait, what I grew up with? Like, these are the lost, poor people. We're gonna go help them. We're gonna go exactly. save and oh. help them. Oh, wait, no, they're gonna come they help were us. Exactly. Me. Yeah, they're gonna and help us. And still are. Oh, yeah. So, speaking of story, I think for you guys, music as we watched y'all move uh, all across from church positions, but then you guys have been playing in bars, you know, oh, you've yeah. been singing, writing music that appeals to lots of different um, populations and people group. Well, it's just real. It's just stories. You sing about stories. Yeah. And one of my favorites was um, just this song that you wrote and this story that you tell about the guy in the bar with yeah. the shirt. Yes. Take us there. Okay. So um, speaking of that, you know, you said we were going where Jesus <clears throat> is and... Um, we're meeting him in those spots mm-hmm. and they're saving us. So I went to see um, a friend of mine play in a little bar called the Saxon pub down in Austin. And they were this kind of heavy rock, rock and roll band. And so I walked in and there was, um, there was this gentleman standing out in the middle of the floor and he had long white hair, probably seventies, early eighties. I mean, he looked very elderly, but he, he was standing out in the middle of the floor with a shot of whiskey in his hand and he was just swaying back and forth with his eyes closed. And you could tell he was swaying to not the music that was playing. Mm. Some, but some other band was playing in his head, and okay. he was in his own world. Yeah. And so um, I went and asked the bartender who I knew, what's the story? There's got to be a story to this guy, because what struck me was he was wearing this women's Western wear fringe <laughs> hanging off the yes. sleeves, eagle embroidered on the back, sequined pearl snap shirt. And it was obviously a woman's shirt. And, you know, mm. first thought is, okay, this is Austin. That's normal. I shouldn't <laughs> be surprised. <laughs> right. Um, this is an everyday occurrence. But then I, I, I realized that he wasn't opening his eyes and he was just swaying. And so I went and asked a bartender and he said, well, the story is, is this guy and his wife were kind of famous in South Austin and they mm. would go dancing every Friday night. And his wife had this huge collection of Western wear vintage shirts. Mm. So he said what happened was a few months prior, this this guy's wife had passed away from mm. cancer. And um, so now what he does is on Friday nights, he goes into his wife's closet and he puts on one of her shirts because it smelled like her. It had the mm. scent of her perfume. And he'd put on her shirt. He'd go down to a bar. He'd order a whiskey and he'd find a dark corner and he would just mm. sway so he could remember mm. dancing with her for 40 mm. years. Just and, tears. Um, <laughs> and just and and I had this thought of, oh my gosh, there's this place mm. where all these people with different stories, broken mm. and well, and people who have lost and people who remember, they're all gathered in this dark little room just for a minute mm. to be safe mm-hmm. because they know no one is going to judge them and they can all walk in with their story mm. and sit at a bar and carry each other's story for a few minutes mm-hmm. in safety. And I thought, this is what church is supposed to be. Mm. Why isn't, why aren't we doing this? Mm. Why don't we, why aren't we creating a space in our houses and our lives and mm. in our daily or everything 
that where people can come from everything and mm-hmm. be safe for just a minute mm. and let their story out and be mm-hmm. what they are and no one's going to look at them weird. Mm-hmm. And I thought that's what it's supposed to be it. right there. Yeah. You know? So then you yeah. wrote... We wrote this song. Uh, um, yeah, we wrote this song about about that uh, that story and that gentleman. Uh, and the name of it is... Saved in the Empty. Saved in the yeah. Empty. Some dance to remember Some dance to forget A taste of love Words left unsaid So take my hand And leave me out on that floor I'll be what you need And my heart stop bleeding And forget her once more Cause we're the saved and the empty The lost and Bruises and baggage still hanging around, waiting for rescue, some kind of sign, huddled in. My, of that song, and I love that song because I love that story. I can mm-hmm. just envision that guy. And my favorite part is Waiting for Rescue. Waiting mm-hmm. for that rescue. melody and that harmony, Mandy, that you do mm-hmm. with that sick Cinderella Slide voice. <laughs> just dead gum it. Yeah. It's, it's like so you flip good. from the yeah. alto to the tenor. And I love that. I love that yeah, when you all, when you guys sing, you your your harmony's not straight. It's not just right. straight. It's not predictable. You can't just stick with one octave. Sometimes you're flipping all over the place and, oh, yeah. and doing I think something that, unexpected. I think that's so expressive with the lyric yeah. as well. There's a depth to it that yeah. even you even feel. I got hair on my 
the rescue. So Damn tell you. us where you guys are at now. I know that um, you're leading worship on Sundays. You're playing around town. Where can we find like your music? If somebody wants to download that song, like where do we find you? So we, um, yeah, we do uh, worship full time, but then we travel a lot as the Union Revival. So everything we have online is uni- the Union Revival. So Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, Pandora, uh, Spotify, it's all the Union Revival. Awesome. So unionrevival.com and then... Um, yeah, I mean, that's pretty much it. Mm-hmm. And then we recorded a, an acoustic album. Yes. Last summer, yeah. two summers ago. It was so At good. Asterix Studios. Right in, here in Waco. In Waco, Texas. And it's very acoustic. It's what we do live. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. just like this. And if you and if you see Aaron and Amanda, I mean, truly what you just heard is, is what you will hear. Even album-wise, it's... It's. I think when you guys recorded it, correct me if I'm wrong, but there were so many just kind of one takes because you guys yeah, we, are so used to singing together. Yeah, we did the whole album. We basically set up microphones for us in one room, and then uh, you know we asked people back to hit record, mm-hmm. and we just went through each song mm-hmm. and just live together sung, played. Mm-hmm. I played a kick drum and then guitar, and we sang together and just kind of did the whole album. Uh, through live because that's we, we wanted to capture what we do when we perform in a room mm-hmm. and have it sound like and feel like we were sitting in a room with people like we do when we play at bars mm-hmm. and wineries and stuff. So that was what we wanted it to feel yeah. like. And you guys have always performed with us. This will be our fifth annual Wild Torch yeah. together, which is our big fundraising oh, gala. Number five. Carrying fire for the so fifth good. year at this uh, gala experience. Yes which is really fun. We're throwing it back to a street party. We'll talk more about that on a future podcast. But April um, 23rd. April Let's 20, get that date out there. April 23rd. Wildtorch.com. Mark your calendars. Union Revival will be performing with us. As always, we have some exciting things up our sleeves. Um, one of the questions I want to end with, this podcast is a space where we talk about what it means to awaken hope and empower change. So when you think about what it means, even through your music, what it means to awaken Hope. What does that mean to you? Maybe one of you can take that, and the other one, empowering change. Um, for me, it goes it goes a lot to even why we decided on the name Union Revival. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the things we've experienced a lot when we play in bars and wineries is our goal with writing songs is we always try to write songs based off of stories of interactions that we've had with people versus just songs about an idea. Mm-hmm. So probably ninety percent of our songs are literally based off of a true interaction or story that someone relayed to us mm-hmm. about their life. And for me, it's when we get to play and sing those songs, we have these moments where we'll see someone listening and their eyes will open up because all of a sudden they realize that someone else can put words Mm -hmm. to their story Mm -hmm. and can relate to their story. Mm -hmm. And it's like all of a sudden they're not so alone. Yes, They have hope that that what they're feeling, the story they've been, the trauma Mm -hmm. they've been through, they're not alone in that, that Mm -hmm. someone else is able to give sentences Mm -hmm. to the things that are going on down inside Mm -hmm. of them and so that when that happens to me that's kind of the why we do what we do in the sense of empowering hope and changing Mm -hmm. people is Mm -hmm. we're going and playing and writing this music trying to figure out a way for those people to have those moments Mm -hmm. because I feel like when they realize that my story is not just my story there's other people that can carry this, that have experienced some of these things, that feel some of these things, I'm not alone. Yes. It can pull them out of that darkness toward mm-hmm. the light of going, oh, somebody else can share their story yeah. and carry that story. And, and ultimately, those people who we see light up are the ones that come up and want to talk at the end. Mm-hmm. And so what I love about that is connection with those people mm-hmm. and drawing the connection out. Like, yes, we... at I can experience that like in the cerebral area, but when they like 
stand up and they're brave and they come in and they share their story with us. We've shared a story with them and then they've Mm. shared a story with us. So I think it's just, I don't know, I love calling people to be vulnerable Mm -hmm. in connect in being able to share your story with me and my story with you. And that's so powerful Mm. in relationship. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it really can change your perspective. I feel like when hope is awakened, Mm -hmm. there is um, change that's possible. Yeah. You know, it really empowers you to to maybe see your life a little differently, that you're not alone on an island. This is you're part of the human collective experience. Yeah. Well, music is such a beautiful method Mm -hmm. invitation in that, that we can all Mm -hmm. we can sit at the winery and hear you sing those songs and we can connect at some point. Mm -hmm. And see a hope, or see an invitation to change, or you know, it's almost different. Sometimes when we sit in church, we kind of feel that Mm -hmm. that that judgment, or that you know, that you need to do this better, or be this, or don't do that, or say this. But sitting in a bar, hearing you sing that song, might be a an even more, I don't know, pure form of church, a pure Mm, form of invitation from Jesus to say, hey. I got you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just like I got that guy, I got you too. Yeah. yeah. And I think the key to it is when because we're up there on microphones, it's a vulnerable moment and people know that. People know that we're putting our heart out yeah, in these stories. Exactly. And I think by us taking that first step of being vulnerable to say, here is a piece of mm-hmm. our story. Right. It gives people the permission to, at the end to stand up and come and share their story. It gives them hope of like, oh, somebody else has been there. Mm-hmm. And they made it through. Mm-hmm. They're, they're, and so maybe I can. And they well, anyone and who they knows across. our songs or comes to our shows knows that not all of our songs are hopeful. Like, yeah. no, really, <laughs> like, <laughs> we have had people comment, like, that is really sad. And there's no resolve. <laughs> I'm like, well, it's, And the it's four on in purpose. you is just loving like, every minute of it. So oh, yeah. on purpose. Yes. <laughs> because things in life aren't resolved. Right. Sometimes they go on, some things, yeah. you know. But what? It, but I do, I think even, especially, like, even our kind of darker, sad songs is they just give people this glimpse of moment and that's really what my goal is is I want people to find in our songs words to feelings they've had that they couldn't put into words totally they just have it would give them language mm-hmm. for what's going on for a moment to see oh there's other people out here mm-hmm. and yeah yeah it's so good. We want to just thank the Union Revival for joining us. Yes, thank you guys. Thanks for having us. We love and you guys. And love y'all. And if you uh, want to know more about the Union Revival, as they said, you can find them on Instagram, Pandora, Spotify. Is it at the Union Revival? Yep. And the then website's unionrevival.com. And we'll put that in the show notes. Yeah. You can always go to, well, first of all, you need to go to iTunes and subscribe. That's and you right. need to put yes. some stars in there. Please. And you need to leave a review Gold and stars. do all that stuff. <laughs> and then and then if you're not an iTunes person, you need to go to jesussaidlove.com backslash podcast. Yes. And you can see all those links. You can see some pictures. You can listen. You can also check out all the info about Jesus Said Love that you want to. Yeah. Make sure to send us an email if you want and let us know your thoughts on the podcast, who you'd like to have on, what you'd like to hear about, any questions that you have. We are open. We want to thank the listeners for joining us today. Share this podcast and always remember to share the love.